The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, it's Gobby and welcome to What's Gobby Cooking in the Wild. We got a little bit of a facelift. If you're new here, I'm Gobby. I'm the founder of What's Gobby Cooking, a best-selling author and now a podcast host. What's Gobby Cooking in the Wild, which is the latest version of my podcast, is your one-stop shop for all your food and cooking questions. We'll be talking tips and tricks, how to store food, how to put together meals based on what's in your pantry and more. I'm also going to be interviewing some incredible people and highlighting super cool small companies from the food world. So let's get right into it. This is What's Gobby Cooking in the Wild. Hi, guys. Happy Monday. I am so pumped today to be getting into Thanksgiving content. It is time. We are weeks away. And so I asked a couple days ago on Instagram what your Thanksgiving questions were for this year. And we are about to tackle like, I don't know, 10,000 questions. No, I'm just kidding. I picked a handful. But we're going to do Thanksgiving this week. We're going to do Thanksgiving next week. We have a very special guest from the LA Times food section coming on who is awesome. You guys are going to love him. So get ready. We are about to tackle all the questions you have. And we are all going to be prepped for Thanksgiving. Also, side note, before I start this, Thomas and I wrote, well, actually, I wrote it. Thomas just helped me format it. This epic guide to Thanksgiving that goes into a wet brine versus a dry brine, how to like plan things out in terms of timing, all that kind of stuff. It's basically a five-part email series that launched on my website. You can sign up for it at any time. Just go to the homepage of whatscopycooking.com and it's literally the first thing you'll see on your homepage with my face behind it. So if you want even more detail with links and recipes and all that, get on board. It's hot fire content, if I do say so myself. Okay. So I have a handful, literally you guys sent in thousands of questions. So I am just going to power through these. I've screenshotted the ones that showed up the most frequently and we're going to get right into it. Okay. So a lot of people are not having the big giant Thanksgiving feasts per usual, right? Like I'm not having my 50 person Friendsgiving. Sally's not having her 75 person Friendsgiving. Like we're not cooking for the whole family this year. So a lot of people asked what alternatives were for a turkey for the main course. Personally, this year we are doing a lasagna because there are only going to be four of us, me, Thomas, Matt, and Adam. It's our little pod. So I don't really, none of us want to roast a whole turkey. So we're going to do a lasagna. I will also say if you still want that turkey or you still want that leftover turkey, but and you, you just want a little bit, do a turkey breast. We put a great recipe on my blog. I think it goes live actually today. For a turkey breast, it's just as delicious as a whole turkey. It feeds probably six to eight people. You don't get quite as much drippings to make a gravy, but it's still totally worth it. I also think you could roast an entire side of salmon. That would be really beautiful. Or just like go super non-traditional and make a lasagna or a pizza like me. I think people will absolutely love it. On that same train of thought, people are obviously entertaining for smaller crowds, so they want to know how to scale their menu down. The What's Gobby Cooking Thanksgiving prep schedule and full menu is a great place to start, if I do say so myself. It gives you the mains, the sides, all the things, cocktails, and honestly, it feeds 
eight to 10 people. So I would just cut every recipe in half. As far as cutting recipes in half go, for savory recipes, you can cut all of them in half and it's really not going to affect the cooking time for vegetables. Turkey obviously is different. If you're doing the turkey, like I said, do the breast. But like if you're roasting Brussels sprouts or green beans, cooking time is still the same on all that. You're still looking for the same result that you would see on my website but just use half the amount of garlic and half the amount of Brussels and half the amount of olive oil. No problema. Okay, another question we got a ton of is what can you start prepping early? So if you follow the What's Gobby Cooking prep schedule, you know that I start cooking, or not cooking, well, cooking and prepping Thanksgiving about four to five days out. You can make the cranberry sauce ahead of time. You can toast those bread cubes ahead of time. You can make all your vinaigrettes, the compound herb butter, All that kind of stuff can be prepped ahead of time. I also like to, on a traditional year, clean up my fridge and like stock up on all the alcohol on the weekend before, just because that way you're not thinking about it. You get out all your plates, your nice china, whatever you want to do, do your dishes ahead of time. The What's Gobby Cooking prep schedule has all that intel on it. So as far as scheduling, like there were so many questions about that kind of stuff. Just check that out. I think it's going to make everything very easy. A lot of questions from people who have family members that won't allow them in the kitchen or allow them to help prep the meal. (laughs) I feel this deeply because I am that person. I don't don't let my family cook on Thanksgiving on a normal year. I will say if that is you and you want to cook, I would just say, don't listen to them. Bring a dessert, bring like a side. I think for the most part, people are concerned about you taking up space in their oven or on their stove when they've kind of planned it all out. So bring something that can be reheated in a crock pot and bring it in your own crock pot. So all you need is a plug and you can like put it in the living room or something while they're tackling their kitchen and just bring something, you know, fun, a bone, like the butterscotch caramel blondie brownies on my site. Great dessert, totally different than all the pies, but still delicious and a fun like addition to the menu. Okay, a lot of questions came in about gravy, which is something I'm very excited to speak about because you guys know gravy is near and dear to my heart. Here's the deal with gravy. It starts with great drippings from the bird. So if you're going to do a whole roasted turkey or a turkey breast, do the herb roasted turkey from my site because it's going to provide like these herby, crispy drippings that turn into the best gravy you could possibly have. And also, like, don't be afraid to add, like, my bird that the recipe on my website doesn't give you a ton of drippings. You don't have, like, cups and cups and cups of it. You make it up with stock. So you use the ratio on my website. Let's call, let's say it calls for a cup of drippings and two cups of stock. If you only get a half a cup of drippings, use two and a half cups of stock. It's really not the end of the world. You just want the flavor from as much of the drippings as possible. And then you make a really delicious roux with the butter and the flour. Don't be afraid to like really brown that up and let it get toasty. It's going to be even more flavor. You're adding like a depth of flavor as you cook the flour out and add as much stock as needed. I think a lot of people get tripped up about your bird not giving off so much juice and like drippings and stuff like that. And it's really no big deal. The stock makes up for a lot of it. Thoughts on individual servings COVID style. So that's a great question and something honestly I hadn't considered. We haven't had dinner with anyone who hasn't been in our pod in quite some time. 
But I would say to probably avoid things like, like if you were going to do a dip, like an onion dip for an appetizer, I would probably bake it off in individual ramekins. Like I would avoid serving things in a giant skillet like we normally would because that's not very COVID friendly. So I would say you could still make everything prep it ahead, but when you're baking things off or serving it up, serve it in smaller containers. And that way everybody can kind of have their own. Also, it's great for hoarding. Like if you just want to take a couple of those ramekins and eat them by yourself in front of the TV while you're watching a game, I support you. Hi, I'm Dr. Deepika Chopra. My passion, calling, and job is really all about blending together holistic practices with real evidence-based science to help people around the world cultivate more optimism, success, and resiliency. You won't want to miss this new podcast as you'll get to hear from elite athletes, recording artists, couples, and maybe even my toddler. So if you're into arming yourself with some new practical happiness tools, join me on Mondays for your morning optimism dose. Oh, and don't forget, things are looking up. A lot of questions about things that are easy to travel with. We have a blog post going up on my website tomorrow with recipes that are easily transportable for you to make at home, bring to your parents' house, your friend's house, whoever you're planning on spending Thanksgiving with responsibly. Stay tuned for that. Okay, let's get into brine. This is part of the What's Gobby Cooking email series. So if you already got that email, just like ignore the fact that I'm repeating myself here, but let's talk about brine. A lot of questions about a, a wet brine versus a dry brine. Let's get into it. A wet brine is basically a saltwater solution that you dunk your turkey in and let it sit for 48 hours. Benefits to doing a wet brine. It's just easy. Your turkey's fully submerged. You don't have to rinse your turkey off or anything afterwards or wipe it dry. The downsides to doing a wet brine, it takes a lot of room in your refrigerator. So if you have like, a brand new clean paint bucket. That's what I do my wet brine in. You could also do like one of those igloo coolers or something like that, but that's a little bit more of a pain in the ass to clean. And you need a lot of room in your refrigerator to store it once it's done. Dry brine. Dry brine is basically just a salt and like spice and herb mixture that you slather all over your bird and let sit in the fridge. Oh, I should add your wet brine is normally a 48-hour process. Dry brine is only a 24-hour process because it's permeating even faster since it's directly on the bird. And then once your dry brine is done, you just carefully wipe it off with a dry paper towel and throw it away. I never, ever rinse my bird. I know some people are like, you're disgusting, Gobby. But here's the deal. Center for Disease Control agrees with me that it actually spreads more germs if you rinse your bird because when you rinse something in your sink, stuff spits everywhere. So then you're getting raw poultry juice all over your kitchen. It's totally unnecessary. It's an old wives tale. So if you are opting for a dry brine, just wipe it clean and then follow the recipe however you want to roast it. If you're doing my herb roasted turkey, if you're doing a spice scrub turkey, if you're doing a deep fried turkey, whatever it is, you can follow the recipe as is. But just like make sure you wipe that brine off because it's been sitting on the bird for 24 hours. It's very salt heavy and you don't need that when you're actually roasting. Okay, let's talk a little bit about timing because people get nervous about that day of like prepping schedule. We've got that covered on the What's Gobby Cooking Thanksgiving prep schedule. Let's talk about timing for the day of. I like to pick recipes that are different cooking techniques. So like some that roast, some on the stovetop, some that can be done in a crock pot or something like that. That way I'm not roasting 
everything while also trying to roast a bird. And then what I would do, because I love an Excel spreadsheet or a to-do list, I would write down everything I'm making, where it needs to be cooked, like if it's on the stovetop or in the oven, how long it needs to be cooked in there for, and then plan accordingly. For example, your turkey is going to be the thing that goes in the oven the longest. So for me, I would put that in. And then when it's about an hour done, I would start roasting all the vegetables, pies or any desserts. Those can be served at room temperature. So I would put those in first thing in the morning before the bird goes in and get those done so they can cool on the counter while everything else is cooking. If you were doing any other like smaller types of vegetables or anything, those can maybe you put those in right when the turkey comes out so you have more room and the turkey's resting, you know, like it's clutch to have the turkey sit out for like, I don't know, 15 to 20 minutes before you cut it so the juices from the turkey can redistribute so they're not just spilling all over onto your cutting board. But I find that having a list, like a timeline is very helpful. Ooh, here is a great question that I have not actually seen before. So maybe not a repeat. How does one make an epic gravy from scratch when you're not using a turkey? That is an excellent question. So if you don't have a turkey, you don't have any of the drippings from the bird, here's what I would do. I would saute up a ton of onions or shallots, a little bit of garlic, and saute those in some butter or olive oil with herbs. You could use basil. You could have a, you could have oregano. You could put in some dried parsley and just saute those to really get some delicious flavor. Once those are sauteed, that's when you then make your roux. So then you would add a little bit more flour, a little bit more butter, like brown the butter, add the flour, make it into a roux, and then start adding stock. And honestly, if you could get your hands on homemade stock from like your deli or your butcher, some sort of homemade turkey stock or a chicken stock, that's going to give you even more flavor to add to the oniony roux situation to make a gravy. If not, use a box stock. No big deal. It won't be quite as deep of a flavor from then it came from the bird with the drippings, but I've done that before for many things. It's delicious. And hey, gravy is gravy and we're not judging. Also, it's 2020 and there are no rules. So another question we got I'm just going to round it out with this and then I'm going to save a bunch more of your questions for Ben next week when he's here. What do you think are the key parts of Thanksgiving dinner? So like I said earlier, for me, we are doing a lasagna this year instead of a turkey. Turkey's not my favorite. Yes, I love gravy. I'll probably make the gravy I just told you about before for the mashed potatoes, but I don't feel like I need to roast an entire bird this year. I've already done like four of them recipe testing. Um, so for us, this year is going to look like this. We're going to make a really meaty, delicious, cheesy lasagna. Then I will probably make mashed potatoes with some gravy. Definitely the roasted or the lemon garlic Brussels sprouts on my site and the spicy garlic green beans. Those are like non-negotiables for me. Um, the fall harvest salad with persimmons and goat cheese and pomegranate seeds on my site with a balsamic vinaigrette reminds me very much of my mom. So I will make that because this is one of the first years we won't be spending together. We'll probably just like FaceTime. And then what else? My mom's apple crisp is definitely happening for dessert with ice cream, vanilla ice cream. That's probably it. Like that sounds like an epic meal. Heavy on the carbs with the lasagna and the potatoes, and I'm super here for it. So that's a wrap on this week's podcast. Short but sweet and hopefully answered 
the beginning parts of your Thanksgiving questions. If you have any more, call them into the podcast hotline, send them to me via DM, and I will break them down with our very special guest next week. You guys, Thanksgiving might look a little different, but it's still going to be delicious. Have a fantastic day, everyone. All right, that's it for today's What's Gobby Cooking in the Wild. Be sure to tune in for new episodes on Mondays. And if you have any questions you want answered, give us a call at 1-888-338-4429 and leave me a voicemail. Or if you know a super cool small company that you want to be highlighted, let me know in the voicemail as well. Make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you're using to listen and follow along with What's Gobby Cooking on Instagram and Twitter. And for more recipes, check out my website, whatsgobbycooking.com. See you guys very soon. Bye.